Good. So, so we do a wee audio check with the bum the bum check. I've got I've got a good one for season two. Oh, have you? For what I'd guess the bum. Aye. It's not a TV show though, it's a song. Right, go for it. Alright. Nobody's gonna get it, but right, here we go. So bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. Bum 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 bum. Bum 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 I'm on the right podcast. I have no idea what you're talking about. No. Back again. Guess who's back? Well, the real Gregor McQueen this time. Tram face is back. It's back. It's back. I learned very quickly that it's possible for a pea to explode. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So we're all over the place. Three, two, one. Hello, Dram Facers. Welcome to podcast episode 13, season two. The the drama continues. Hey. <laughs> See what I did there? Beautiful. <laughs> um, t- today, Good to see everyone again. Good to see you. Hello. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, we've got Rob Roy and Scott. Cheers, lads. How are we doing? Very oh, well. Good, thanks, Craig. Thank good you. to see you. We are a wee bit rusty. I think we just got a bit lazy and forgot about all of this and how to do it over the, the summer, didn't we? <laughs> Is that not the idea of a summer break? Pretty much. Yes, I think so. I think so. Like software reboots and 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 installs. Uh-huh. I don't know what operating system we're on now. But how are we all? How? Uh, yeah, this is. I think it's. This is going to be a catch up ep- episode. I think a wee catch up on everyone's summer. Some of our summers overlapped, and then I'm sure there were other little side adventures, which I think would be fun. But maybe we kick off with what's in people's glasses. Roy, what's what's in your glass? Yeah, I've gone a wee bit dull and predictable tonight, but only because it's been so long since I've tasted it. And we we were there in summer. We we visited. We were down in Campbelltown, and we went along to Springbank. So I've got a wee drop of uh, Springbank Ten in the glass. This is actually uh, the twenty nineteen bottling, uh, which got a terrific score from Dallas on Dramface. At the start of the year, he scored this one a 9 out of 10. It's a beautiful wee balanced whiskey, lots of tropical fruit. Uh, loving it. Um, and it seemed an appropriate one for us to pour Very tonight. Nice. I love it. Can I just say, Scott Monroe's reaction to, to you pouring a Springbank 10 didn't match when I was drinking a Springbank 10 and I was getting shaking fists and, <laughs> and all sorts. I'm just, I just realised now that I'll never, ever own another bottle of Springbank. So when you, you guys can drink all you want, I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> well, in keeping with that mood, what are you drinking? Uh, water. So I'm having a, a dry day today. Yes. But last night I was uh, watching some playoff baseball and I was drinking some uh, Loch Lee or Barley edition, their kind of first core release, which I shouldn't like, but I do. It's absolutely beautiful. Lovely drum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And available in the UK, unlike the first mm-hmm. batches of Loch Lee, which went in auction and started going for crazy money. Uh, this is still available for about 45 quid. So it's matured in ex-sherry, 
ex-bourbon and uh, STR wine barriques. So it's really kind of not my kind of standard profile, but it's lovely, really fruity, 40%, all the good stuff. But they're just a really interesting distillery. You know, they do everything on their own. You know, they grow their own barley. Everything's done on site. And it's it's really nice to see that bottle sitting on shelves uh-huh. uh, at, at a good price. And it's young, but it's it's a lovely, lovely dram. So I enjoyed a few of those last night. Really nice. I, I don't I don't know how you're feeling, um, but I'm starting to notice a lot of the new distilleries hanging around longer. Glen Wivis is yep. still available. We're seeing we're seeing Arden Merkin uh, sticking uh, regularly. Uh, there was a time there where you couldn't get Arden Merkin for love done money. Now it's pretty much high yeah. chance it'll be on the shelf when you go into the shop. So that's kind of I suppose it makes sense. But it's nice yeah, it, to see these things becoming regular players mixing it with the with the incumbents, right? Yeah, totally. And I think the we spoke about this before, but uh, when Nick Nien, they just kind of release batch after batch after batch. So it was always available, which is really good. And kind of wish that other distilleries could could do that. Yeah. They'd accelerated their launch program, right? Just to keep up, right? That's what they yeah. were trying to keep it on the shelf. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just like what Lockley are doing. And their whiskey's good. If you like, I, I would also recommend Clyde and Dramface reviewed the, the bourbon cask one, the Sewn edition, which is lovely as well. So I would recommend, if you can see Lockley, buy it. Because I was going to say, Scott, a cracker. I was going to ask you, did you had you tried the inaugural or no. it was no the first okay. the first one I tried, Gregor, was the Sewn edition just because it was bourbon matured and I thought I didn't want to get involved in the scrum for the for the first one, the the profile right the, the flavor profile wasn't really up my street I just didn't want to get involved in the in the chaos so I just left it alone but when I saw the Sewn edition on the shelf, I picked up straight away um, and mm. liked it. Um, and but this is good as well. Different character to it, but it's much fruitier. But yeah, it's it just lovely to see it. I, I I think forty five quid for it is is good, especially when you think they're doing everything on site and it's all from their own barley. Yeah, nothing nothing to dislike at all. Terrific. It's nice to see a, nice. a new distillery pushing a relatively new, more early bottle for such a nice price. Because I feel like there's so many new distilleries that are pushing like sixty pounds plus bottles and there's so yeah. many of them at the minute it's like mm, yeah. it's a lot of 60 pound bottles to spend on to try and do yeah i think you can get away with that for your inaugural and things but i mean you, you have to realize that you're going to be you know competing because there's a lot of people even at 45 pounds rob and i'll put it out to the to you guys as a wee panel here because what do you say to lochley ardemarchen you know three four five six year old malt being sold at the same price, or even arguably a few pounds more expensive than the incumbent twelve-year-olds. You know that's what that's what the, that's where they're at. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but the reason that we're supporting them is because it's bloody good liquid, even even at mm-hmm. a fairly young age. And obviously, they're trying to make money. <laughs> you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. all that capital that's gone out to set up that distillery and get the, the wheels rolling again. And what most of them that I've asked this direct question to is kind of following the same thing that we've been assured from Mark Rainey over at Waterford for so long and that is that the prices will stay the same as the age catches up now obviously other things notwithstanding such as global financial crisis and raising costs in the supply chain and all of these things but I hope that I hope that is the case I hope that the Arden Merkins, the Lockleys, the Glen Wivis, all of these people can continue to bring their we saw it with uh, wireworks uh, the white peak yep. uh, releases they've mm. they've actually got cheaper so we, so we hope that there's going to be a wee bit of a kind of balance brought there where um and let's be honest we're, we're noticing that these new distilleries are making things in a 
a very, very specific way, and it's that's for it to be enjoyed as malt. And hopefully, as the years tick by, it's going to become more and more of a value proposition. We hope is that naivety. No, I think I think when you see things like for forty five quid, you, you, when you take a step back back from it, you still think it's quite expensive. But as you say, you know, you get twelve year old official bottles from you know more established distilleries. But what I think with Arda Merkin and Loch Lee and Glen Wivis, they're bringing it to as natural as well. Like there's no messing mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. there's no cutting corners. It's all forty six percent plus natural yeah. colour, unchill filtered. And, you know, the Glen Wivis is one, and uh, I've spoken about it before. It's expensive for what it is. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. maybe late, late 50s, early 60 quid. Um, but Aye. I think the quality of the liquid and what you're getting is worth it. I certainly think it is. It took me by surprise. But, you know, it, it values such a such a, a, a difficult thing to quantify, you know, because everyone's going to have their own points. But I think mm-hmm. at the moment, as we see certain prices, spiral, whiskey spiraling away from us, we've got to cling on to ones we think are good value and represent that. Now, they might be younger, but they're again, they're natural and they're, you know, they're doing things the right way. And, you know, if we can support it, we should. Mm-hmm. I think Abnook, especially and luckily, they have a good price point. They're doing everything right. And it's, 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 it's good look at the end of the day and it's, it's approachable. Yeah. I have to admit, I have to admit to sometimes losing grasp on what is considered good value mm-hmm. in, in that, you know, there are times where I'll make a spendy purchase and it does kind of build into your database of price that I'll, I'll be honest, that's what I, I do rely on yourself, Roy, some other channels. And I, I guess to some degree, Dramface, I don't know that you drill down on it so much in terms of the factoring it in. Well, we know you're a, we know you're a slow reader, buddy. You know, and you, you don't like to <laughs> if you can't if you can't set up the you know the automatic read this page for me, please Siri. You know, something like that. Um, you you oh, might done. not get the, but usually the articles will touch on value. We certainly weave value into the price. You know, things can get bumped up a point for value and lose a point for poor value. These yeah. kind of things, but we still try to talk about what the liquid's actually bringing in its own right as well. Yeah, and it's also worth yeah. pointing out that, you know, we're coming from it from a UK-based perspective as well, you know, sure. and I guess, mm-hmm. Gregor, where you are, when these bottles arrive, if they if they do arrive, the price is going to be very different, you know? The same thing with getting uh, good yeah. bourbon over here, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I probably buy more out of the UK now. Um, well, the exchange rate ma- means that... The, thanks, I was just going to yeah. say, thanks to the exchange rate, it's <laughs> it's not it's not a bad deal. Rob, what's in, what's in your glass? Um... So I've got a, a few bottles like lined up, but I started off with a Deanston 18, the old faithful. But I've got a couple of Osma bottles I'm thinking about trying. I'm not sure which ones yet, but interestingly enough, one of them is a bourbon I bought in America because it was too expensive to buy over here. It's yep. the uh, Old Forester 1920. I'm yet to open it yet. I know that's an Osma. That's yeah. an Osma one. Uh, don't worry, Roy. I've got a, I've got right. a sample bottle here for you. Terrific. Why wait, Rob? Why wait? I think I think a recap of the year and our travels is a bit be- no, no better reason to open a car. Yeah, absolutely. You do you. You do you. I was gonna. Let's... I've I've got. I, I was gonna let this go to the vote to the team vote on the podcast as to what I open. I've got two bottles that represent my summer mm-hmm. of whiskey or my summer travels, and um, they represent two separate weeks of the travels. I'm just filling for you, Rob, while you open yours. <laughs> well, I, I know what I know what so, one of them is. I can I, I could spot that tissue at fifty paces for sure. Aye, uh, right. 
Well, I'll talk about maybe the bottle one or the bottle from week one, which was on Isla. So I've got the Lagavulin distillery only. It wasn't the phage. Mm, it was oh, the yeah. non-age statement. That yeah, that well, it's interesting as well because I, I noticed. I don't know if we all noticed this or not. It says on it personally, personally selected by the distillery yes. team. Fantastic, isn't it? Like it's on the yes. label, which I thought was interesting because it touches on a point that Ian MacArthur made, which was. The majority of the phage, in fact, all the phage selections were now made from a, a third by the parent company, right? That's right. It was it's a much it more centralised decision, guys. and based on their first releases, it it's not really landed very well. There are some people reporting that they like it, virgin oak finish Lagavulin. It's odd, um, but we tried it, and mm. all of us were like, "Yeah, next." <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think more, more, more of this bottle left the distillery when we were there than Absolutely. not. Yeah. So yeah. that's choice. That's choice one. Choice two would be something from Arna Merkin that's still wrapped up. But for for Rolfie's sake, because I know he's into the ASMR, I'll I'll un I'll un <laughs> on the on the podcast. See how you how you like them apples. But I've got the cask strength Arna Merkin, the zero two two two. Next one. Which represents week week two of my road trip. So I put it to you guys, which do I Can't open? Can't it be both? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it could. It could. I don't know if I'm ready to pop two corks on one podcast. Well, what I think this is an important thing to talk about, McQueen, because, you know, a lot of the listeners got it that you were not, you were loving the idea of going to Scotland and visiting Isla, but you weren't looking forward to getting your peep head on right so now you've got two heavily because that's the heavily most heavily peated Ardnamurkin that you have there and that Lagavulin is pure Lagavulin there's no punches pulled with that one either it's full on peat I can see you ripping at the foil of Lagavulin you've subconsciously already <laughs> made a decision it Listen is a cracker the Lagavulin was was gorgeous. It was so yeah. well balanced. I think it was a terrific. I'm so glad Ian ran through that uh, Virgin Oak so quickly. Oh. It's just like get and out it was, of the way. It was remind me the Lagavulin. It was the remnants of the eight, eight, twelve, fifteen, previous twelve and the fifteen, right. Mm-hmm. right? So there we go. I'm going to pop that cork. Here we go. Oh, we'll use that one to open open. the podcast. That's a good that's a good one there. (laughs) I have to be see to be fair to Ian MacArthur at Lagavulin during that warehouse tour. He he read the room a little bit because it was not like he just put on a big pair of boots and just went kicking into it. He stood up and said, Right, folks, do you like that one? And (laughs) picked up immediately that there wasn't a lot of feedback, right? Now you could Mm -hmm. argue it was dram one or two, can't remember now, but he didn't get a lot of feedback and he said, No. Didn't they expect that you would? And he then he went on from that and he explained what it was and he explained the dynamics that happened. And then he talked about uh, if you're if you're looking to get something from the distillery, here's one that's been picked by the distillery team. And then he tells us what's in it and uh, just from the makeup, it's more appealing. And then you try it and it's alive and it's beautiful and balanced. And the Virgin Oak Lagavulin for me was odd. And how much was it? Was it a hundred and fifty? Yeah, I can't remember up, the up price. that way. Yeah, I, I should probably edit that out because I can't even remember the price. But it meant it just wasn't even a. It wasn't even a. It just didn't engage. It didn't engage anyone. And I'll be honest, when you're at a distillery and you're in a dunnage and you're literally smelling it all and you're you're becoming one with it, to then hear that a bottle's getting picked from some office 
hundreds of miles away and and not as attached to the to the distillery i kind of backed off like my i was i wasn't as interested so i think when you're there you know the soil is between your toes metaphorically you want to be as close to the distillery as possible in all decisions so, well i think i think that yeah. it happens regularly i think it's pretty common uh, for you know if it's been a haven you know you'd, you're probably looking uh, to be in i think it's it's airdrie uh, or east Kilbride or somewhere somewhere in the central belt uh, their main lab and things are and and it's the same for so many others right across the industry but what what was usually happening at Lagavulin is the fischio that was a kind of special little selection and the team who know Lagavulin got to be involved in that every year and then it was kind of just suddenly taken away which is fine because if, if they take it away and they bring out a belter from somebody who clearly knows what they're doing you know, they're going to be forgiven and say, ah, well, well, we didn't pick it this year, but it's still a good gin, you know. And it's not just that it's not great, it's odd. Well, it's just odd. I, I, it's difficult for me to, to well, where is where is the value proposition here? I mean, it's why are you putting nice mature Lagavulin into virgin oak? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying it can't work. I'm just saying, it, for me, it didn't work. <laughs> Certainly not at the price point. No, and... and um starting as we mean to carry on uh keep focusing on the positive like this dram is tremendous you know at the 8 the 12 15 and like you said coming around to pete coming around yeah. to pete isla did do its job <laughs> it did do its job i remember when we were at kilhoman and there was a line of us stood in front of the malton floor as we were sipping on some kilhoman that anthony was uh wills yep. wills yep. willis yep. wills yep. wills was point uh, was pouring us and I remember feeling feeling a sort of warm glow, not from the peak, from Roy's eyes across the line of us looking at me, <laughs> trying to see, is that the moment? Is that the moment? It's, it's connecting, isn't it? It's connecting. I had my phone in my hand. I was like, I want to catch it. If it happens, I want to catch it. <laughs> that was the Isla Bali one but as well, not, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, you know what? The trip definitely started to unlock Pete because I do remember not connecting with Kilhoman in previous trips, but I was enjoying it. You know, I'm still maybe not, you know, reaching for it. I'll still, there'll still be another few bottles in front of me before that, but loving it. Yeah. Loving it. it did, um, and I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for being there. Like I say, being at the distillery at the point of creation, it does hit differently, I think. Yeah. And it also sparks a memory when you have it again. You know, it'll always take you back to that time you were there when you bought that bottle. You know, I Aye. guess that's the magic of visiting the distillery. You know, that's 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 part of it. Aye, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I think uh, it's it, all of these kind of as you're kind of that whole immersive organoleptic thing that Gregor's touched upon. You know, trying to be at one as he talked about being in a Dunnage warehouse, or if you're standing in that molten floor and you've got Anthony Wills liter- literally waxing lyrical and. And I shout and what he what his beliefs are and what his opinions are and his takes on the challenges and everything like that, and he's just poured you a glass of the thing, and it's all it amplifies it all and it, everything makes more sense. Everything's just just you. It's difficult to find better places and better company and to have those those whiskies. So I if you, if it's not going to have its effect, if it's not going to turn you, Gregor, when you're there doing things like that, it's never going to get you. So I'm glad to hear that you're coming around. I'm glad to hear. 
Absolutely. I poured just. I, I, I went to reach for the, that uh, Lagavulin that you have as well, so I could have it along with you. But actually, I've picked another one, and you made me read the label to see who it was selected by. But this one uh, is a Lagavulin that's actually selected by the chap who looked after us at our beg. Uh, but obviously, he was he's ex Diageo, Colin Gordon, and while he was at Colin Gordon, uh, while he was at Diageo, sorry, he, he picked this one. Uh, it's, the camera's not going to focus, but... It's a bloody dark that's, mess. That's, that's what, what I can tell you what it is. Can you see? Oh, a 20-year-old. Oh, hello. So, interestingly, this was a 20-year-old uh, Lagavulin. Uh, it was a triple-figure purchase, but uh, it, it was a 2020 Fischl release. And I think that I'm going purely on memory now, I think that it's a similar price to the 20. 2022 release mm. and it's that's frightening isn't it yeah that's what covid has done to the greed <laughs> of because mm. you can't tell me that it's suddenly cost that much more money to make the thing so it's all about just kind of making hay for them while the sun shines at, at 20 years old though i bet the pete is is probably in my area right that's surely nice and approachable and fully fully integrated and um, this is one that i've kind of got to be be very uh, persimmonous with because I'll just tear into this and it'll be gone and it's right. a beautiful elegant Lagavulin, it's just very very good and uh, it's the, the, the Pete's there, it's, it's Pete but Pete isn't the thing Pete's just part of the mix absolutely, it's it's a cracking wee whiskey and I know bad pick by it's Colin, fair. Colin Gordon was a good fella as well, he was, he was good fun wasn't he? I wasn't there that day. Well, I wasn't at Ardbeg. You're making, you're giving me FOMO no, now. Me I, I had departed from the trip oh, at this point. That's right, that's right. Nicely done. Nicely done. Sorry, fella. <laughs> Rob, you the were best, there. The you were best trip Ardbeg, of the Rob. week was Colin Gordon. Oh, that. <laughs> no. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't be upset because you were, you were living at large in Campbelltown by that day, right? So. Oh, I, I, I know, I know. It was. I mean, I do want to touch on that point of the trip. Maybe to give context, maybe give context for, for the gang uh, listening. It, there was a week that I was with you guys on Isla. You had been in Campbelltown a couple of days before. Mm -hmm. And then we reached critical mass on Isla where there was a whole bunch of us affectionately known as pirate pirates after the trip. <laughs> because of how much and, and how well the Scots were able to swear so much so that the Europeans assimilated <laughs> and were dropping F-bombs <laughs> like a, like like any Glaswegian would. And, and it takes um, those boys and... swearing in Scottish accents will never leave me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. The Europeans are Norwegian yeah. and German pals. Like, like, the thing is, is that, you know, it was that contrast that made me realise just how much we rely on bad language to colour. We don't, you, you know, we know, we know in polite company not to... Not to but when we're relaxed and comfortable with each other, it's just <laughs> we're punctuating words and things with. Yeah, it was and, really... and it and it and it was because of some of the reactions and you, you know who you are. It's the guy, the guy who uh, is Stefan. Uh, he he was the one that christened us pirates <laughs> because I was apologising. I said, "Oh, sorry, Stefan. I realised that we were using a lot of bad language." And he was like, "You are like pirates." <laughs> So I just told that I told that story to uh, some friends the other night because we were talking. The topic of swearing came up, and but yeah, that's a great story. I love to share. Oh, that. Just, you are like pirates. Yeah. So, so then, but then by the middle of the week, 
Stefan's just letting go. He's, he's, he's doing it for effect and he's doing it for comedic effect. It was working perfectly. But Doc held out until the very last night. <laughs> <laughs> but we got him on the last night. He insisted on taking... I actually, I still to this moment, I don't know who bought the bottle that we were taking to the beach at Mahir Bay. And I didn't pay a lot of attention because I was the driver still, right, on the Friday, right up to the last day I was still driving. And we went to Mahir Bay and Doc said, I'm going to buy this bottle. It was a, it was a distillery pour from Brookladdy. And my brother said, no, no, I'll be buying the bottle. And they had a to and fro about who was going to take this bottle to the beach. So anyway, the bottle made its way to the beach. One of them bought it. And it got uncorked at the beach. We had all our wee miniature glasses in our pockets and things, and, and everybody stood up and posed, took a few photos and that, shared this round. Gorgeous. What, what was it like, Rob? Right? It was just... It was stunning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Scotty, I know that you weren't there by this time as well. We'd lost you by that. You'd gone a wee bit early, but it was just fantastic. The wind's blowing. It's freezing. But we sat down at the dunes and threw out a blanket, just, just walked around and chatted. And the next thing, you turn around and that bottle's gone. <laughs> It was just gone. And it was, we did it. We, we held it up and said, this one's for Scott Monroe. It's been tanned. Yes. <laughs> Nebdy leaves. So if you can imagine Nebdy leaves in a more Glaswegian colorized uh, <laughs> words. And uh, I, we, we finished that bottle. And uh, I managed to get through that whole night at the beach with one dram in my hand. And uh, when it started to get a wee bit later, we managed to make our way, way up for some carry-out food and home. Um, and that was the point that Doc was quite happy to assimilate and, and, and go with his swear words. He was okay with it, uh, which was, it was fun to see. There's, cause you know, Germans have a similar pronunciation to the Scots, you know, they've got the och in there and things like that. They've got their hard sure. consonants. So when, when. When he wanted to swear, he was swearing. <laughs> he was swearing with the best of them. From his armchair as well. Reclined. <laughs> legs crossed. That's right. Uh, it was it was uh it was medicine that trip, wasn't it? It was just a tonic. Oh, it was it was unreal. And you know, a large part of that was to how well you'd kind of organized oh, yeah. the, 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 sh the schedule, yeah. um, Roy. You know, I yeah. I touched down from a long haul flight and there was a bit of a kerfuffle getting to the to the island. But as soon as I kind of logged into that roller coaster on Isla of you guys, it was autopilot awesomeness after it, you know, and seeing you guys all in a line at Port, it was Port Ellen I came in, right? Well, in we, we turned um, up to yeah. pick you up from the ferry and we watched the ferry coming round past right. the headland, right? And we watched the boat on the horizon. And this is how excited we are, right? So I don't care. You know, we're all grown men, right? We're <laughs> standing there and we start taking zoomed in photos of your boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the anticipation, you know, the last, the last member of the team is just about to arrive. That was the Sunday, I think, wasn't it? It was a Sunday. And, yeah. And eventually the boat comes in and we're waiting ages and we said, we're, we're trying to show you where to park because there's another boat parked there i don't you don't park a boat do you you dock i don't know what you do with a boat dock but yeah. you there's another boat sitting there waiting to take yeah. us out the south called dalton coast of isla to show us the distilleries try and pick up some wildlife maybe do a wee bit of fishing whatever it was going to be but they were waiting patiently and they're on the clock we're paying for this time that they're just sitting there because the year we're waiting you to get off but then the energy had kind of and that was maybe one of my favorite days is that boat trip because everybody it was, was in yeah. perfect mood. 
Um, we were just straight out on the, the boat. Um, no cars. Uh, we were we were getting taken care of that day by uh, um, the guys. Uh, I can't remember Gus on the boat. And oh my goodness, I feel really bad now. Gus and it'll come to me. And mm. uh, they poured. Uh, do you remember what they poured for us on the boat? The first yeah. dram was a, it wee, was beastie, a wee beastie, wasn't it? Not? A big wee beastie. And we said, oh, this will do. <laughs> and uh, then we're out in the water, right? And we're cutting along a good old lick, and the sea spray's kicking up and things like that. And I'm like, this are big wee beasties, the best Isle of Whiskey I've ever tasted. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. So good. <laughs> we did we did learn we learned we learned a new share. You know, we, we know about the angels' share and the devil's share when it comes to mm. whiskey. But there's also the boat's share, <laughs> which was when you when we were pouring, only half was getting into the glass <laughs> and the other half was getting taken away with the, the wind. The wind. Yeah, yeah. Got some great pictures that day. The as sea well. share. Yeah, and yeah. but it was tremendous. The sea spray just coming into. I mean, you you remember your clothes? All that kind of salt mist on your clothes mm. when and mm-hmm. um and and just you could literally hold up your glass and get uh you know. Splashes of the water and everything coming in, coming into the glass. Oh, is it salty today? Aye, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, just terrific. And then you remember that those guys just cracked out the scallops for us and oh, cooking the, yeah. the, these crabs and uh, langoustine tails and just oh my goodness, yeah. those scallops. The bar, the bar. The, oh, I know the the bar was set incredibly high that day, and then you know you do think, oh, that's peaked. Mm. That's that's it. It's not going to match, but each day successively built on mm. that, whether it's an amazing distillery experience. Yeah. But then I think the surprising, not surprising, but the proof of what we often hear about was it was all the space in between the moment, the, the, the distillery moment, that actually were more the tonic and the things that you were just soaking up, you know, mm. and the, the bonding and getting to know some new people. Yeah. And then, you know, I, even the fact that I, I love the fact that one of the days we were at, it was Lafroig, was it Lafroig? And there was a splinter group going to go across to Jura. And we were all like, ah, Jura, nah, I'm not for that. That was, that was, but that was the Lagavulin day. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Lagavulin. Yeah. Uh, and the more we talked about it, we were like, actually, it could be a good trip. Let's just go. So we all went across. Uh-huh. Had no in, no interest and no no slight on Jura as the distillery. You know they make great stuff, but none of us were that fussed about, you know, the whiskey at that point. We were just going for the the hoot and Annie, and then having this mini World Cup middle aged hippy uh, uppy, which I think moment which had only lasted about twenty minutes twenty five, and I think only one goal was scored, but it was tremendous. Oh. The sun was. It was tropical. Oh, yeah. It was by all means tropical. But I remember walking down the stairs. Yeah. I remember walking down the stairs because I, I was quite happy to stay or go. I didn't mind because Dura's gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And you've got that little transition along the single track road along the moors where you can see the deer left and right of you. And you come in uh, to the to the town itself. Ah, oh, what's it called? Craig. Uh, what's it? What's Scotty? What's the town in Dura? Craig House. Craig House, is that is this Craig House, isn't it? You come into the town, and the distilleries on the left, the hotels on the right. There's all these wee kind of shops. It's just a wee list, this idyllic little spot. And we walk down the stairs, and Rolfie, one of our Norwegian pals, is he's in goal, <laughs> and somebody <laughs> cracks a shot at him, and Rolfie leaps like a fifty-two-year-old cat 
right? And he's horizontal. <laughs> he's literally horizontal, and he make, he saves this 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 ball, and he lands in the ground with a save. And he brushes himself off, and he gets up. And I said, "Rolfe, I didn't know you were a goalie." And he said, "That's the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> I've never never done that before." He said, "My favourite bit about that trip." So I phoned ahead to book uh, a place for lunch. That was fine because there was there was a lot of us there. And yeah. so I book a table for lunch and then I go along to just make sure everything's okay. And I come back and say, say to you all, right, everything's okay. Like just, we'll just meet along here in five minutes. So I go along just to make sure everything's okay with the table. And I turn around and look and there's nobody there. So yeah. what's going on? So with my apologies to the staff, I turn back. <laughs> and I thought they'll be in the distillery. So I get into the distillery tasting room and everybody's there with a dram. And everyone's <laughs> holding up to the <laughs> Everyone's, everyone's holding the drums up to the lights, swirling it around, and I'm like, "We're late for our, di- for our lunch. Come on!" No rush at all, and I was the only one to make a drum because everyone's so sorry, but sorry. It comes if you're going to be an organizer, it comes with the territory. I know. I know. I remember my brother saying to me, uh, he phoned ahead, and he was like, um, "You know, I, I don't know any of these guys who's who's attending, who's coming." And so I kind of gave him a run through of who you were and where you were all from and things like that. And not that, not that he's he's worried about that thing at all but he just kind of i don't know anyone um and then i kind of said to him a couple of days into the week and said hey so what what's the and he's like oh magic (laughs) magic (laughs) because it just there were you you touched upon it people that didn't know each other that was first time coming together within five minutes none of that felt like that at all absolutely I, i did take great pleasure and because Rob, you and I had never met before until that trip. Um, I took great pleasure in taking you into environments and watching you. I, I'll make no bones about it. I don't feel guilty about that at all. Just like, you know, I don't, I hope you didn't feel any pressure of that walking into environments all, and, no. and me turning around and staring at you for waiting for your reaction. <laughs> but I also got a lot of enjoyment out of doing that with, with my brother as well. And Gregor, my brother and I have been drinking whiskey for years together, but he's not. I, like a geek like I am, and he's never been to all these places. He's been to Isla with me, but it was just, I, I love that thing that whiskey gives you, that ability to vicariously enjoy virgin experiences over and over again, right? <laughs> Through other folk. It's just tremendous. And It's brilliant, though, especially, like, as, as much as, like, it's a very whiskey uh, nerdy kind of thing to go to a distillery. It's one of those environments where you just kind of, it just, completely consumes you and you don't feel like out of your depth or anything it just feels like it's it's so welcoming and i mean i was just comfortable that's the best word yeah Yeah. Yeah, and i was just floating into those places it was so exciting but can i ask can i I want to ask i want to ask of the three of you then i mean you've touched on some it's fine if you've spoke to it but maybe was that was there any one standout moment in that week that we were all together that that either sums it up for you or was that moment of like, aye, this is all right. I think for me, it was the one night that we were all together because people were coming and going, but there was one night we had when we were all together and we were at the house, uh, the hoose, the hoose, um, and we were just cracking open some ridiculous drams. Let's let's be honest, it was the greatest pop-up bar that Isla's ever seen. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and The mantle of the fireplace was like drooping in the middle. I know it was groaning with like quality whiskey. And I, but that night, yeah. Roy, you, we all, we all brought bottles and 
in a row you cracked open a, your your brewer. Yeah. And that kick started yeah. the night. But that was the night we were all together and the whiskey was just flowing and the chat was there. We had some music on the go. And I remember just sitting thinking, like, this is this is it. We're all together for the you know, this is the first time and yep. the last time for this year <laughs> anyway. Yeah. There's something that that connection there that we'd made this effort, you know. To come and from it happened if place. we pulled it off, that's right. <laughs> and remember, that let, one, let's one not point. forget that our pal, Sevy's been out of it for a while. He's been, you know, all sorts of challenges in his life and it m- meant that he had to kind of check out whiskey for a little bit. So we weren't sure that Sevy was going to make it and then we're travelling up the road there and we pull into a wee restaurant and he's sitting there waiting for us. It was it was just, was it, so it's all these yeah, kind of, all the little Indians coming together. It was really emotional and that kind of is building up there. And when I opened that, and I, I kind of, I, I know I've disappointed the story about the broader was I was going to take it up to, um, you know, I was going to take it to Clyde Leash. I was going to take it up to Sutherland, go up to one of the fields above the distillery and crack it open. I'm just in a camping chair and whoever was there with me, I'd share it and I'd be taking it back home to drink it. But then I realized that there was going to be that optimal night that all 10 of us would be mm-hmm. in the same spot. And I said, that might not happen easily again. So that's that's when that broader's getting opened. And, you know, I think everybody needs to learn a lesson from this because I, I was rattling, opening that, fo- tearing that foil. I was, I was, I had a wee shake. I was surprised at how nervous I was about opening that thing up. And it's become quite a bit, it become quite a bit of a ball and chain because, mm-hmm. Scott, you did it right. You just opened yours. <laughs> you yeah, did it right. Whereas mine had, had been, it had, become a ball, it had become a ball and chain, you know, that this whiskey had become much more than it should have been. But I was so glad to just get it open and for us all to be able to enjoy it. Then put yeah. it off to the side and say, right, that's it. Because it took a fair hit, didn't it? You know, 10 drams out of it to start with. Took a yeah. big hit and I put it to the side. And we're drinking away, drinking away, drinking away. And somebody said, Sevy, what would you like? And Sevy said, I'll have one of Roy's Broras. <laughs> 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 and I thought, the boy's back. He's I back. <laughs> the shake. The shake was very uh, visible, Roy, oh, and, and I actually think we got bigger. We got bigger pours because of it, because <laughs> as you're pouring, the adrenaline was going. The pours got mm-hmm. bigger. <laughs> nah, that was a tri- that was a special moment. Yeah, um, that was great. And you know, I don't think anyone was unaffected in the moment or unappreciative. It was tremendous. And I think see, for me as well, I don't know. I'll say personally, there was a <clears throat> a really intense time in 2022. Where we're, you know, we're coming out of post-pandemic and all of that stuff, but we'd, we'd kind of, I'd been, you know, working pretty hard on the channel and all that stuff, but we'd put Dramface together, and Dramface made up a huge element of that, that gathering because it suddenly meant that if we're going to Isla together, we're going to use it for study time. We're going to work a little here as well. It doesn't feel like work at all, but whether you agree with me or not, you are actively getting your hands dirty and understanding things at a much mm. deeper level especially the access that we got from Anthony, from Colin Gordon, from everybody right around the island, you know, the people spend an extra time to, to, to explain things to us in a much deeper way. So there was a sense of release, a sense of celebration, and a sense of uh, this is actually worth it. You know, it's worth it. This is a real uh, tangible thing that we make in this country. And, you know, whiskey is really a precious thing. And, to, mm-hmm. and it's precious for these reasons because we can get together and just it's brilliant at, at making it very easy for you to enjoy yourself and have a good time. And, and I felt it that night. I felt it very much that night and I was appreciative of it that night. And I think 
uh, I didn't greet, I didn't share, shed a tear or anything silly like that, but it wouldn't have taken much of an, an event for me to, to push me over the edge a wee bit, right? Yeah, um, and I think that that's the thing you've said before, Roy, that uh, whiskey did this. Without, I, without whiskey, yeah. none of us would know each other, right? None of us would have yeah. shared that moment. No, yeah. none of us I'd, never, I'd never hang out with my brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. yeah, yeah, no, I, you're absolutely right. Be, be, even for for Craig to be able to get, come away from his family and come out just for a, a trip with me, two brothers mm-hmm. together, that's a very rare thing, right? It's always the families mm-hmm. getting together, and it's it's whiskey that did it, you know. Whiskey. Yeah. It never took centre stage though either. It never took. It felt like you said it before, right? It's like the whiskey fades into the background, and yeah. it's just the memories that are around Aye. it, and it's like whiskey made this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were there for whiskey, but everything there was just so much more that happened no. because of it it's just it does it falls it falls between it just lubricates yeah. right it's the best it is when when enjoyed responsibly <laughs> listeners it is the best social lubricant it's amazing so when you when you ask the question about what was your favorite memory my first, my it wasn't my initial one was i was going to recommend oh it's amazing to go out to the, to the distillers and stuff but it was that scotty said it like the house the hoose yeah, like just uh, obviously we were right next to the airport. It was in some of the we had some beautiful weather, crystal crystal clear skies and stuff. And the the sunsets we got in that garden, playing ultimate frisbee or tr- me trying to play football at least, it was it was incredible. <laughs> yes. it, was just, thing, it was beautiful. The other this thing is, that whiskey did as well is uh, it made it made me uh, do the air guitar to the fail countdown by uh, Europe <laughs> at half two in the, half two in the morning. <laughs> whiskey did that. I think I learned We've so. Got that video I well. learned so I much about Scott Monroe that week. It was a pleasure. It was brilliant. Uh, it was uh, great. Just... I don't think there's. I mean, I'm happy. I'm super happy you're on the first podcast, Scott, because Roy and I both agreed. Uh, there, there is not. An, there is such a thing as not enough Scotty. <laughs> we need more Scotty. More uh, Scotty. And, and we, uh, we were obviously you had your own plans in, in midweek. You broke away and, and stayed on the island, but you. And, you and your other half got together, which was perfect. I mean, that's that's exactly what it's all about. But there were moments where I was turning around because I wanted your reaction to something that was clearly a Scotty Monroe moment, you know? And I was like, oh, he's not here. You know, I'll need to remember that and tell him about it. I know. Uh, I was going to say, you know, I left left you guys on the Wednesday, I think it was, but I still came to some of the distilleries with you, met up with you. But yeah. I never never took part in the great uh, oyster hunt. Um, oh, that was, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> I think one of my favourite, because it combines... All three things, right? The the people, the whiskey, and food. You know, those are that's three of my big passions. Yeah. We were let down in one of the the restaurants we were hoping to go to because they pivoted. They were no longer a seafood restaurant, and we're like, oh no! Yeah. So we kind of went away with our tail between our legs, facing probably you know a, a dinner of crackers and cheese and whatever else. And then we thought, well, we're on the island. The the, the, the oysters are here. So uh, I think the next bar we went to, we asked about any chance you would know who we could get oysters from. A few phone calls later, was it forty pounds for sixty-five, or was it sixty-five it was, oysters well, for forty? What, what happens is we phone up the number, and the the guy just says, "Hi, how many you want? <laughs> how many you want?" I said, and I look round and I go, "How many do we?" Want? And there's fingers going up like this. You know, somebody's wanting off a dozen. My brother's asking for two dozen, right, just for him, and he's like, "Oh." So I said, well, uh, uh, there's there's quite a few of us. I said, uh, could we have, uh, and I think it added up to something like stupid 72 or something. And he says, look, he says, I'll just leave a box for you and you leave the cash. I'll write on how much it is when, when you pick it up. And then we're halfway around the island. We can't find this oyster farm. We cannot find it. 
eventually a few, few more phone calls when we've got really patchy reception. That was the difficulty there. It's really difficult. And they we finally roll into this farm because we've not picked up the oysters. They've picked it up and taken it back again, thinking that we're not we're no shows. And we roll into this farmyard, don't we? And the, the woman comes out and she said, Hi, your oysters are here. <laughs> and we go into the room and we get this heavy box, wasn't it? Oh, aye. And uh, it was £40 plus a fiver for the shucking knife as well. For aye. 60 he put, he's put he's put together 60 for us. And uh, that kept us going for two nights. Right? Oh, and I loved it. I loved seeing you because it was some people's first oysters. Aye, there yeah. was some cooked. We, we, did, we cooked some. I was giving Craig cooked them up in some... Garlic butter, yeah, 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 that was tremendous. Yeah. And then, sorry, Scott, okay. you, you weren't around for. I do listen for next it's time. Fine. I, I had the scallops and pizza, so I'm all right. Gotta say, Greg is wine and uh, was it shallots or uh, oh, mignette? Yes, oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, it was, and then yeah. a little bit of whiskey yeah. on top as well, just to set it off. Yeah, I wasn't so convinced with the whiskey or the oyster, but each to their own. But it was undeniably an amazing week. I do want to touch on. I'm trying to keep it positive. There was, I wouldn't say a low, but it broke me. It, the the week, <laughs> my palate, so much so that when I did peel off from you guys to, to go on my second week's <laughs> adventure, which took me down to Campbelltown, it was a great drive. I was gunning it down for the barley to bottle um, tour from Springbank. But as I kind of got there and I was just decompressed, and I was like, okay, this is going to happen. I'm having more whiskey. <laughs> my palate was done. It was shot. Mm-hmm. It was, it, I had just had too much, like, it wasn't even, um, like, the amount of alcohol. It was just the amount of sensory overload. It was, it was done. So I was, I was taking a little sip, sip of stuff and I was going, yep, that tastes like whiskey. Can I have that in a bottle? I'm going to take that away. And I felt so bad that I was meeting up with um, Gordon Fraser for the first time. And I think we were both quite excited to meet each other, but he got, I've said it a few times, but he got a, a husk, a shell of what Gregor <laughs> normally is. So much so that like he invited me with his uncle, uh, on his uncle's boat to dram that night. And I had a bunch of stuff that I would like to pour them. I had to say, I'm done. I'm sorry. I need, I need to rest. I need my yeah. palate reset. Cause the next, the next few days I was going up into the Highlands and all that. Yeah. So I, I think, Craig Duff and a room full of you guys, or a house full of you guys, broke broke me. Uh, broke my palate, I should say. Yeah, the energy yeah. was still. I mean, there was there was. But it just needed a reset. I, I could have been a bit better a shepherd there, Greg. And I have to apologise because, you know, there's there's. I know what my brother's like, and I know that he would have kind of just he would have seen a kindred spirit in you, and he'd have just gone for you and said, "Oh, I can break this guy," and <laughs> and I never. I, but, but no, we, we said we went. Oh, we want to bed at re- reasonably early times. I know that Keith, Keith had an early flight, didn't he? And he was only there for a couple of days, so he had to go to bed early. He was the first to peel off, and then the rest of us started to peel off, knowing that the next day was going to be another big day. And uh, I said good night to Craig, and he just had that wee sparkle in his eye. And, and you were just getting warmed up by that time because you were obviously a bit newer into the whole thing. We'd been in Campbelltown beforehand, and uh, then the, <laughs> I woke up in the morning to this photograph of you. <laughs> you know, just just welcoming in the sunrise. 
<laughs> from the back garden. You just had not bothered going to bed. And I thought, well, he, he's going to be a bit fragile as we go around and tour Laphroaig today. Or was it, where did we tour that day? I don't remember. Yeah, no, it was Laphroaig. I've got hangover photos from there. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of felt like, oh, no, I should have got that boy at his bed last night. But no, you've got to learn your lessons, right? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. But it's true. Like, it's an interesting one. Because I think we've talked about, like, what's the perfect length of time for a whiskey trip, right? Like, and I would I would, I would, would go as far as to say, and I've got some stories I'd love to share from the week two as well, but I would, like, that was a two-week trip. And I would even go as far as to say that's probably too much back-to-back, that you probably need a bit of a break in there, that mm. I think a seven-day, yes. you probably need a couple of days just to reset. Yes. And then, you know, then you can go on. I don't know if, what you guys yeah. think. I was very deliberate to do one tour a day, right? Every day had mm-hmm. one thing booked yeah. in. That was it. It's, it. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I think that's the the longest kind of whiskey trip I've been on. Because I've been to Isla before, obviously, but it's not always been about the, the uh, distillery tours. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think, Rob, you kept note of, you're the bookkeeper, you kept note of every mm-hmm. dram. And yeah, it was, yeah, it, it it's did. absolutely scary looking, <laughs> looking back on how, Oh, was that your list, Rob? Oh, I thought yeah. that was Rolf at the end. Oh, it was Rob. So you, at the end of that time together, you shared a list of all the drams that he'd, ta- he'd, he'd sampled, and it was it was impressive. It like, was. You could argue that was a year's worth of whiskey sampling. Mm-hmm. Oh, in, I mean, in a, in a week. it was amazing. Some of the uh, the quality of bottles, though, some of them were like some of the best I'd ever, I probably expect to ever try. And even Springbank being the first distillery we went to, I think the first dram I had was a 31 Springbank. Yeah, bourbon oh, uh, in the warehouse, yeah. And yeah. that was like, that was the first time I ever drank something of that age. Was that the Hazelburn? Chicken strength. No, that was the Springbank 31. Springbank 31, yeah. Was it the Hazelburn? Was from it? the cask, right? Yeah. Straight from the cask, yeah. Amazing. In the, in the Dunnage warehouse. Yeah. It was just magic. Yeah, I was almost greeting. Unreal. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. And that, that that was the first day. That was the first day of the mm. trip. Scott, that that was that was me. That I did. Sorry, I did cry at that because I couldn't taste it anymore <laughs> by then. But sorry, that was that was your first. You did it the right way around, Roy. Well, I remember leaving Springbank, and we're walking up to Glen Scotia, and Rolfie, our Norwegian pal, Rolfie, he didn't know that we were. I don't think he was aware we were going to another distillery, and he came up to me in the, as we're walking out of the Springbank courtyard, and he put his arm around me, and said, "Roy, I think this is my best." best whiskey day ever and I said I know I know it's going to be hard for Glen Scotia to live up to that isn't it and he went we're going to Glen Scotia now <laughs> and, and I said yeah and he just held his hands up to the sky and went oh like he's just <laughs> so happy <laughs> so happy uh, so and and they'd already they'd already been not, there a few he, days by that point I, yeah. did he not revise that statement was it not was there not a later point on that trip this is better went, no I think he, Rolfie was, said that every this. day <laughs> <laughs> this is now my favourite whiskey day. <laughs> like memory, memory of a goldfish. That's, that's not bad. Aye, no, listen, I mean, it was it was exhausting, and when I came back, I had the huge come down that you always get from these things. And uh, but I think that in future it might be tough to do it for a week. Definitely, I was heavily used leveraging the dram face launch, the my fiftieth birthday delayed, yeah. all of these things to get that time away. But you know there will be opportunities for us to do weekends and and different trips here, there, elsewhere, and uh, you know that's the kind yeah. of things you would look forward to, and that would keep you, that would keep you rosy cheeked, wouldn't it? Looking forward mm, to things like that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I'll admit, Roy, 
so like I've said, it was a, it was a trip of two weeks for me, and that first week with you guys on Isla was so overwhelming in all the good in all the right ways. I was starting to second guess myself for that second week. I was like, well, this isn't <laughs> anything I've teed up is not going to match. It's not going to live up to. Um, no, it's. But I'm I'm happy to say it did. You know that it did. I think there was enough connections made. That's right. I will maybe share an anec- an anecdote of. So for those that don't know, I I hired a camper van for week two, and I was quizzing Scott in the build up of like, what's the etiquette? Like, what's all that? You know, I was skirting around the the real issue, which was like, how do you how do you empty the toilet cassette? What's <laughs> going on with that? So I pick up this camper van with four of my friends. Only two of us were really paying attention when they were explaining the toilet to us. And unfortunately, those two were not the first two on the actual trip when we were driving. And um, I'm the first to use the bathroom. This is good podcast fodder, yeah. I tell you. I'm the first to use it. And we'd agreed, look, let's just let's just use um, number ones only in the van, right? As much as we, you know, we can't. Anyway, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. I learned very quickly that it's possible for a pee to explode oh jesus christ <laughs> so to make to make a pee explode what you need to do is not listen to the instructions given to the you by the rental company to to pee on a closed like a closed toilet system in the camper van so there's this little handle that kind of opens or mm-hmm. closes the thing but that's mm-hmm. for all the right reasons quite a quite a good seal so i've peed mm-hmm. on this thing closed and proceeded to open it with toilet seat up and it just oh, no. it atomized <laughs> my my pee to me in this closed cubicle right it's a shower toilet all in one and i just let out and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> my, my just exploded, Scott. What am I <laughs> so I have to mop down. Luckily, it was only a little. I had to mop down the inside of this cubicle. Um, I learned that you open the thing first and then pee. So thanks, Scott Monroe, just, for not oh, telling you me that. F- if you fi- finalise that story by saying that happened on the morning before you met us at Loch Lomond, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? No, that was the first day. We'd, we we were well on our way there. Good. <laughs> I'm going to say, though, I mean, that's that's another case of whiskey did this. But it's also... A, <laughs> the, the, the plus point from that, Gregor, is you've had so many drums that that was just pure alcohol. So That's yeah, it. Could, could be I was still picking up the sherry, even through that. It was... <laughs> Yeah, it was good. A little bit a, more bitter, more bitter than the first to go around. To be honest, maybe an oloroso, an oloroso P instead of I, a PXP. I would have oh. told you, Gregor, but it's the easiest thing in the world to do: opening and closing it. It's like you know, I, I, I didn't explain it because does he need explaining? Well, it did clearly <laughs> to to an East Coast city slicker like me. It did need explaining, but we got there. We got there. We also managed to beach the van. Up in the That's northmost, really the northmost coast of the island, or of sorry, of Scotland, I forget now the towns I was between. But we managed to the one night that we were going to go off grid, which is to not be on a site. We managed to drive into some beach shingle, and for those that don't know, it's not a good idea, and it's yeah. definitely not a good idea to try and turn when you're on that beach shingle, and this thing just bedded down. Luckily, we were going to spend the night there, but it did mean we were there for a little longer than we wanted. And 
this guy came up from Aberdeen, I think, to to winch us out with this big truck. But <laughs> I would say, what I would say is, for anyone curious, the camper van thing is a great unlock for the Highlands and for going around. Um, for more than you know, if there's more than a couple of you, I think it's great, and I would I would do it again. I think um, it affords you accessibility to places like, for example, when we went to Arnhemurkin, you know, there was no real hotels to kind of stay at, but we wanted, we knew we wanted to stop there. So it's fine. We went off grid uh-huh. there and um, it meant you could enjoy, you know, the, the pores and it was great, mm-hmm. but I loved it. I don't know, Rob, Roy, have you guys done the camper van thing yet? No, I'd, I'd love no. to. I'd love to. I'd love to First try time I went to Scotland, I did wild camping and somehow right. evaded the midges. Um, it's uh, it's a good one. It's I think it's an unlock. It is an unlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ah, it was tremendous. So all just it to was. say that that second week, I could I could take up a whole podcast and I won't. But I could. It was it was it matched that week one for whiskey moments. There was there was one moment that I'll maybe share. I don't know if I should name. I will name Distillery. Uh, it was Glen Allicky. We were visiting Glen Allicky, and um, my friend and I were on the single cask tasting. It, it was tremendous. You know, it was just, we were just sitting, soaking up all the drams. It was great. And then out the corner of my eye, I see this white-haired guy on the other side of the window. And I go, that's, that's Billy. That's uh-huh. Billy Walker. And the guy's like, yeah, he, he comes up every Wednesday or whatever. And so he was there. And I was like, I get so excited at the prospect of meeting him and potentially getting a bottle signed. So we were in the shop and I'm getting excited about trying to meet Billy, Billy Walker. And then this helicopter comes down, gets choppered down in behind the shop. And out walks basically China's Jeff Bezos, <laughs> Jack Ma, this built, you know, multi-billionaire. Mm-hmm. And he proceeds to take Billy Walker away for the, the afternoon. And I'm just heartbroken. Uh, so I just continue to drink more whiskey in the shop with the, the staff. <laughs> Anyway, I, I say I, I kind of resign myself to not to the prospect I'm not going to get my bottle signed. I'm not going to meet Billy Walker. So I then get everyone in the shop to sign my bottle, all the staff. I'm like, well, you're signing it. And they're all kind of <laughs> awkward about it. They're like, really? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is taking up another half hour. And then uh, one of the the, shop, the the main manager at the shop says, okay, Gregor, because she knows me by first name basis now. She says, Gregor, if you, if you go out the shop now, you'll catch Billy and he would love to come and like get taken away and have a moment. So I'm like, what? And she goes, go now. So I go, I am, I am a few sheets to the wind by this point. <laughs> and I kind of burl out the, the shop into the forecourt and I see Billy Walker. I just shout out, Billy, as if I know him and as if he knows me. <laughs> and he just sort of stops. He goes, yeah, would you sign my bottle? He goes, sure. So I go over he signs my bottle, get my arm round him, get a photo, and um, he goes off into the rest of his day. And I'm 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 on cloud nine. I'm like, I've met Billy Walker. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, so it was just a tremendous moment of like, a, a, you know, whiskey whiskey lubricated that moment to to have the balls to go up and get that. But it didn't finish. It didn't finish there. I won't name names because I don't want people to think that this is Glen Alicky's, um service, but. We were obviously we'd walked to the distillery, so we were we were past driving. One of the the staff drove us to the I can't what was the bar? There's a famous bar. It's not the Highlander Inn. Um, Craig Ellicky. Was it Craig Ellicky? 
I can't remember. There's a famous bar anyway that's, that's known for its whiskey. One of the staff dropped us off there, had the other uh, staff member booked us into the Highlander Inn for dinner. So we got dropped off this <laughs> bar. Mm-hmm. Another staff member offered to pick us up from that bar at a specific time and took us to the Highlander Inn and just like facilitated, I think, one of the best days on that trip. Oh, uh, and I was just blown away that they would offer that, you know, and it was, mm. I think, again, just because you come from a place of passion and authenticity. Love it, yeah. yeah, love, exactly. Yeah. And it unlocked it. So I won't name names just in case people think that that's a, a no, service they offer. And I think that's one of the wonderful things you always pick up when you have these whiskey trips, whether it's to the Highlands or to Isla or wherever, that letting serendipity play a hand, just leaving things loose and you know, totally. letting yourself go and with the flow and things, taking up the environment and everything that surrounds it, and not just the distillery. And I think it's nuts because if you, if somebody spoke to you three years ago and said one day you'll be standing in a distillery car park getting your bottle signed by Billy Walker, you'd have been like, <laughs> "Who's Billy Walker? <laughs> Who's right. Billy Walker? Never heard of Billy Walker. What? <laughs> it's just Absolutely. Like, but now these guys, these people in the industry, these people that are kind of moving and shaking and doing things and changing. They become iconic to you. And I think they, these are important people for you to say that you, I, I got to shake his hand. I got him to sign the bottle and things. And by the way, I'm not going to spend any t- time dwelling on it, but I got to taste. Uh, Scotty and I were at the Glasgow Whiskey Club last week together. Oh, I got to hello. taste the four-year-old, the four-year-old. Did you? Yeah. And? Um, it's 80 quid for four-year-old whiskey. I'll buy it. If I can find a bottle, I'll buy it. Really? Yep, yeah, it's absolutely. Good. It's good. So does that mean does that mean when Roy Duff mentions Glen Alicky, no longer does he say, Of course it's inherited spirit and it's this, it's that. Now it's Oh I know. But it's I, I, but I think it's it's good to, to remind people that that is still true. They are doing amazing things with casks. What that four year old is the first chance that the mortal has got and even then we can't really it's not easy to get our hands on it at all, but it's of tasting what he's actually made. Yeah. And it's not the same whiskey. Mm-hmm. Not, not the best whiskey I've ever tasted in my life, but it's full of of stuff to explore. It's dense, flavorful. Yeah, it's peated, of course, but I... I, I would well, I thought it was the most interesting thing that it was, it was peated, Glenallachie. It also makes a lot of sense, though, right, for a young spirit yeah, as well. Yeah. And, and I think that... I was a wee bit cynical. Like you always are, aren't you? I mean, it's just the more you go on in time, I think you get more and more cynical as well. You've got to be guarded and careful of it. But as soon as I tasted it, £12 it was for that dram. It's not cheap. It was just for one dram, it was £12. But I felt it was fair. And, and as soon as you just have that one dram and you think, oh, I'd like to spend a bit of time mm. with this, I would have this bottle. And it wouldn't be a keeper for me. It wouldn't be something that gets put. I'd, I, would have, I would have a bottle and I'd yeah. explore it. I'd open it and I'd let other folk taste it too. So if there's anybody out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanna, anyway. I do want to bring in a question from, uh, we did leave the Dramaphone on over the summer and there were some great questions from the community. And one I wanted to pull in is from Hells and Andy. Mm. And they are also actually the today's deliverer of I Am A Distillery. But um, this is a good question because it does tie into the trips that we were just talking about. Um, so I'll let Andy and, and Helen take it away. Hey there, drum faces. Andy and Hell's calling. Hope you're enjoying your summer break. As you know, we're off to Ireland at the end of September for a 10-day stay and wondered if you could settle a wee argument for us. There's plenty of discussion going on here with regards to how many bottles of whiskey 
is too many bottles of whiskey to take. And bearing that in mind, what would you take? Cheers. To take that. <laughs> well, yeah. this is, it, I mean, it was asked before we went, but <laughs> I think we all could answer what we took. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I actually, I wasn't really sure that, because it was, I spoke to Ibis um, beforehand and he was like, oh, people bring bottles, just bring whatever. I think it's important to point out before you share, Rob, what you, you're going to say is that you felt, you, you were a wee bit surprised and you felt that you'd been caught short because we'd all brought these oh, big epic blockbuster bottles, right? And 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 you you started to think, oh, well, I can't participate in this because I haven't paid to join this club. And it's kind of we, you know, we're it's our job to do that. We've we've been doing this for so long. We've accumulated these special things that we're going to take it along, and it's going to be our pleasure to pour this for you, right? And you don't need. To, to bring along and you're like oh well the next time I come I'm not going to get caught out like this I'm not going to get caught out like this and we've got to work harder to make you feel like that doesn't need to be uh, uh, it, it doesn't need to be something that you even concern yourself with um, I think that that you even if you said to somebody Andy and Hells if, if I gave Andy and Hells the advice and said look just take three bottles take four at the most they'd pack 12 <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's exactly what we did because, you know, we're all saying, you know, why is this taking coast to Newcastle? But the prices at the distilleries are too expensive these mm -hmm. days that you're suddenly going to need to be very, very picky about what you're going to pick up on your travels. So it's, if you've got a car and it's easy for you to travel with whiskey, take it with you. And then you can choose whether to spend or not when you're there to, because it's much more fun to spend the money on boat trips <laughs> yeah. now than it is to buy bottles yeah. of whiskey. Um, so I would suggest take the whiskey you yeah. need to cover your needs. And then it means that your spending is optional. Rob, sorry to have interrupted you. you oh, no, no. Me. I think you, you make a really no. good point. It's that uh, I was under the impression I would take something that would see me for the what was it 10 days or take a few, a few bottles over to see me for the 10 days and then obviously make enough room to bring as many bottles as i could back mm -hmm. that was kind of like the the goal yeah. really but um but yeah just take i i mean i obviously we had a brora and we had an ardmore 30 and uh i can't remember what the westland was it was a guyana Gariana, yeah Gariana. Yeah. that was fantastic yeah. so I, I mean i brought a Madeira Deanston and a single, it was a Marion cask, uh, Glasgow blend com uh, compass box. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring something that I really enjoyed that people may not have tried before. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously if you're going just as a trip, if I was to go again, I would just take an example of like a good whiskey that I said, I have like a variety to take with me, but then I don't know. I mean, if I'm going to, whiskey mecca i want i'm buying bottles because mm. <laughs> even the spa is fantastic yeah the spa i actually managed to buy a bottle of spring bank didn't have the spa <laughs> um quite incredible um i'd say that you, the, the variety is the thing you might not want to just drink peated whiskey when you're on isla uh, you might not want to uh just stick to a specific lane for the entire week bring a little variety and you know just in the off chance that you get some nice weather we had one or two not bad days you might have, uh, might want to make yourself a mixer or something like that mm. so take along something light and easy and, that's and a shame really well. just... we had a few highballs that were really nice mm -hmm, that's right yeah 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 I, th I did think it was quite interesting it was quite interesting that um the criteria that we were also trying to meet which was you're in a house full of 
whiskey aficionados of different levels, what do you bring to that party? I think I would maybe share, and Scott, I'm, I'm keen to hear from, from your, to some degree of, of what you'd put into that, but I'll share maybe one nugget, which was of all the bottles that I brought, because I, I brought a couple to share on my tour with people, of all the things that I brought, the thing that brought the bar flies, like yeah. like you would not believe, it was in Lafroig. It was out in the 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 forecourt, or rather the the grassy area of Lafroig. I pulled this this bottle out. There were suddenly glasses everywhere around me, um, and it was a Stag Junior. I brought a bottle of Stag Junior. Yes. And conversations were cut off. They just stopped, and glasses were thrust my direction. Um, yeah. That was us and the staff as well. The staff stopped their lunch and ran over. Ah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scotty, what yeah. was what was yeah. what was Ooh. your uh, criteria for bringing? Well, I wanted to bring something like so. I brought my the Armour Thirty that Rob just mentioned there. Um, I hadn't opened that Fantastic. yet. Um, certain people in this call chipped together to get me that for my fiftieth birthday, so I wanted to open it with you guys. And again, going back to that night that we're all together for that that one time with Sevy as well. Um, yeah, so I brought that along. I also brought along. Um, I'm going to have a Sauterne cask finish. It's the Fischl bottle from 2019. Um, brought that along. Amazing. But what I, what I usually take to Isla uh, when I'm going, I'll always take a kind of cheaper blend and always take like samples that I've just not got around to drinking yet. I just think, just load up the samples. Oh, and that call. means that yeah. you can, rather than taking full bottles, you can just take a, a bag with like 20 little bottles or, you know, just things maybe picked up online or swaps with friends. And that's just a nice way to, enjoy them as well so i do that and the cheap blend is just there because just for something different from all the crazy heavily peated stuff as well and um, and again just for for a mixer or just just kicking back with you know so but yes i i usually take a whole bunch of samples uh tyler with me that's a good call call. helps you get helps you yeah Good stuff, guys. Well, uh, great to catch up. Let's round out with an I am a distillery, as has come to be the tradition. Of mm-hmm. course. Eh? Now, this one is actually from the community. This is from Helen and Andy. So I'm going to play it. For those that don't see the podcast, what I do is I'm playing this through my phone, and uh, Roy then seamlessly splices it in so that the audio is better for you guys. Uh, so it might be a little clunky, but... Um, We'll go for it, and I'll try and pause between each. I don't know if I can play because it's hard to do both, and I'm not that multi-skilled, but we'll go for it. Okay, guys, here we go. Hello, Drumface team. Andy. And Hale's calling. Here's our entry for the I am a distillery spot. Fact number one, I am a distillery. Fact number two, I was built in the 1950s. Built? Mm. Mm. Hold it. Number three, mm-hmm. I have dabbled with triple distillation and peated expressions. Did you catch that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Fact number four, I have 15 washbacks. 15 washbacks. Decent size. No takers. No, no takers. No. No. Number five, I have six stills. Mm-mm. Hmm. See, I'm trying to second guess because I'm trying to think what what distilleries the hell in an. I'm Andy thinking like? about triple distilled. And I've got some mm. in my head, but they're not built in the fifties. I know, me too. Right, but it's no Ben Romack, right? I should say, I... is it Ben Romack you were thinking Maybe. of? No. Oh, oh okay. nobody going in. Nobody going in. No non-committal. No pressure. I should say we we did pull the community for feedback, and they want 
they would like some of them would like I am a distillery to be a little easier. So when we get nominations, it's hard to say what the the hardness level is. We'll roll with it. Your next clue. Fact number six: It took me fourteen years to produce whiskey again after being mothballed. Fourteen. Well, this is hard. Oh well. No, no. I'm lost. I, I'm trusting that Helen and Andy know they should get easier as we go. <laughs> Scotty's giggling away. I keep having these thoughts of what it could be and I just keep getting thrown because there's no... Next next one up. I know. Number seven. My first official bottling since relaunching is now a supermarket staple. Oh. Uh, Altavania. No. That was it. Uh, that was it. Much, much <laughs> I think that was I a submission. That was it. a submission. All right. right. Give me one, give, give me one more, and then I'm going for it. Okay. Right. Here we go. Fact number eight: I was first distillery in Scotland to have a gas-fired still. No, that's not. That's yeah. These are hard. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go for um, the supermarket thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go for Glen Keith. Yeah. I think, you, I, I think you might. I would caution that I don't. I didn't even know about the triple distillation or even peated stuff with Glenkeith, so I might be totally off the mark. All good. Last, uh, we're, we're on the home stretch. Number nine. I am within sight of Scotland's oldest distillery. Within sight of Scotland's oldest distillery. That, that could be an ass hat question because Rob, you and I don't don't know what the oldest distillery is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Lost. Fact number 10, I am Glenn Keith. Hey! Well done. Well done. Yeah, if we could well, have that's, I mean, again, that's a bit of a, a fluke because I didn't know about the peated and triple distilled stuff and uh, the supermarket staple. So. Not a nice statement. Yeah. 1957, I've, I've just pulled out the wee book and it said, and it also told me they had installed a sixth still. Altavania is a seventies distillery. Anyway, oh. I well done, Helen and Andy. Well done for bringing obscurity. Mm. Is it not supposed to get easier as you get to the? Is the <laughs> well, yes, but also, uh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll pivot on that feedback. Of the, 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 the Dramface podcast has been a bit of a, a Helen and Andy. Th- they were the first. They were the one that got that she got merch. Uh, based on being the first mm-hmm. to use a Dramaphone, so they're getting comfortable with it. We used a comment today from her, and they're the first for the. I am a distillery entry as well. So I will yeah. done Helen and Andy. Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe just a little bit of housekeeping there. There was another couple of people that um had put one in. Um but for some reason the the recording cut you guys short. Um so it was, uh, Russell and Menno both tried to submit. What I think we need to figure out is is there a, a cutoff on the, the phone or not? But um mm. what to do is um if you're recording uh, make sure it's the full recording that's kind of uploaded, uh, just like Andy and and Helen had done. Don't say what it is until the last one, um, and then hopefully we can chop it up. Alternatively, you can send me it in writing uh, to time for a dram, all one word at gmail dot com, um, and then I can read it out so that it's not just the the audio that we're relying on, but both both avenues. But Russell, Menno, it sounds like you both have one ready to submit, so drop them to me. Terrific. And that way, uh, if it goes direct to, to Gregor, it means that I don't, there's no suspicion that I've had a wee peek at it, right? 
There you are. Uh, before, well, I, I made it quite clear tonight that I didn't. Have... You didn't. <laughs> 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 oh, so, Rob, Roy, Scott, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, the listener even more uh, for giving us your time and engagement um, we thrive on it so we look forward to seeing you on the next one hearing from yeah. you on the next one we'll, we'll, we'll try and get our drum face mojo back again over the course of the next few recordings <laughs> right um, <laughs> but it's come, been terrific it's been nice to sit and I've just enjoyed sitting and reminiscing to be honest exactly <laughs> very self-indulgent oh, fantastic. Cheers. Sweet, cheers guys terrific everyone cheers, cheers. cheers everyone all the very best cheers yay Shite at keeping us to an hour.